Hey, thank you so much for listening to this message. My name is Harrison. I am the pastor here at Kingdom Church. This is a very special message from a guest speaker. His name is Pastor Jorge Torres. We are honored that he shared with us. You're going to enjoy it. So here it is. Sit back, relax, enjoy. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Pastor Harrison and Pastor Christie. Let's give a round of applause for Pastor Christie, man. If it wasn't for her, Harrison wouldn't be where he is. I'll tell you that. 2018 had, uh, had some situations for me. It was a situation. Anyone else feel that way? Uh, things happened I didn't want to happen. Lost things I didn't want to lose. Made way less money than I wanted to make. Didn't do what I wanted to do. So my goal in 2019 is to accomplish the goals I set in 2018 which I should have done in 2017 because I made a promise in 2014, which I planned in 2013. You understand? Situations, man. We're a small crowd, but we're a loud crowd. Everybody scream, life. Ah, sitch. Life's a sitch, man. Anyone else feel that way? And many of us have made some New Year's resolutions more money, better bodies, better grades, and all of that. And all of that is fine, but they are completely irrelevant if one of your decisions in 2019 isn't for your heart to be better. You might get bigger, you might get leaner, but you'll remain feeble and bitter. The clock ticking past midnight didn't change anything about you. January 1st, 12.01 a.m., inside, you were still angry, depressed, unsatisfied. But now you're hoping that in, in, in the new year, all of that can change. But they are all irrelevant if you haven't made a commitment this year to change your heart. And believe me, I wanted to come here today and, and, and give you a message to light some fire underneath your but I realized something. What is motivation without knowing about salvation? And that it's Jesus we need first. I'll come back another time and motivate the heck out of you. I want to show you a text in, in, in Luke chapter 11, verse, beginning in verse 24. If you can put that up, please. And Jesus at this time has been casting out demons. People are telling him, man, you're casting out demons in the name of Satan. All this stuff. People will always criticize you when you're doing good stuff. Point you towards doing it for the wrong reasons. He's doing it just for the money. He's doing it just for the girls. Maybe he is. God can still work in all that. I only started going to church for a girl. Pastor Harrison too. It worked. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. You must know something that when things are clean, there's more room for stuff. You ever notice that when you cleaned your room, suddenly there's more space? 
God does an amazing work. Today he's going to do amazing work. We've all experienced great things in our life that God does. He comes in and he casts out unclean spirits out of us. And the unclean spirit goes. And, 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 and the unclean spirit says, he can't really find a place. So he, he looks back at the same person. I know it says house, your, your body is a temple. In the house it also refers to the, your, your body. He comes back and he looks and he says, wait a second, we got casted out of there, but nothing, it was put in there. A lot of people have been freed from stuff, but they've never been filled. You understand? They've been freed, but never been filled. Great experiences at church, but you leave the door the same. You don't fill yourself. So the brother says, hey man, come on over, I got an Airbnb over here. And bring some buddies too. There's more space now. They cleaned it up. Bring the homies. Come on, man. And so they come in and, and, and they party, man. They party. You ever seen a room after a party? And that's why it says the, 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 the state of that man is worse than the first. We, we, we pray a prayer and God does do a work. And, and, but we go back to living exactly how we were before that prayer. We come to church and, and we're inspired. But we go back to live the same way. Freed today, but empty today. And it says that unclean spirits, they, they go through dry places. Dry places. The Hebrew of this is very interesting. It says that the unclean spirit, the demon... The Hebrew says it's looking anywhere where there is no water, seeking and creating opportunities in people for it to stay. Dry places. Dry places aren't a good thing. The good stuff doesn't grow in dry places. Scripture shows us dry places are only for devils. Demons roam in dry places. So I wonder today, if any of us have any dry places in us that give unclean spirits an opportunity to roam and are drying us up and are drying us up even more. Before you get scared, I'm not here to cast out demons. We're not that kind of church. <laughs> not going to do that. Not today. Bring me back another time. I'm not here for that. I'm not here. Oh, you gotta, I'm going to cast some demons out of you. No, no, no. But I'm here to ask you this, though. Are you dry? Are you a dry place? I've thought about this. And if it is in dry places that devils roam, and they seek to create opportunities to stay, what would I do if I was a devil? I'd take your happiness away. I'd make people tired. Because when people are tired, they're dry. You ever met tired people, tired and hungry people? I, I would blow everything out of proportion if I was a devil. You ever met people that blow everything out of proportion? Don't look at nobody. I would keep any positive out of a person's life so that they can remain dry. You ever met someone that you compliment them and you compliment them, but then they return the compliment with like, I don't look that good. 
Because in themselves, all positive has been sucked out of them. They're dry. I stopped complimenting a girl once because every time I told her she looked beautiful, she said, this old thing? I said, I ain't going to compliment you no more. Dry. If I was a devil, these are the kinds of things I would do. I'd suck positivity out of your life. Make everything look negative. I would make people hold grudges if I was a devil. That's an easy one for the devil. I would, I would, I, I would make them hold grudges so that they cannot forgive. I want to tell you something. When you can't forgive, it is not of God. It's of the devil. Forgive and let go, they say. I say forgive and grow. Forgive and grow. I'd hold bitterness in your heart. And the, the, the thing is, that the, the dryness in our lives is a result of many small areas that slowly but surely become deserts. Which give the enemy a place to roam. This is my home. This is my home. Inch by inch, we add to the desert. This is mine. You see, devils are looking for opportunity in your life to make you dry. Because when you're dry, nothing grows. Everything is sour. Life is sour. You're full of complaints, and no one really wants to be around you. You can put on all the makeup in the world, look as pretty as a model, but you're dry. If only these girls knew that a smile goes way farther than mascara. Girls have even come up with a saying. They call it RBF. I call it RDF, resting dry face. You're responsible for your face. There was a president, he fired a guy. He said, I can't stand looking at his face. It makes me negative. If you're over 18, you're, you're responsible for your face. Is that fair? Dry waiters. Anyone ever gone to a restaurant? What can I get you? You want that? If only the waiter knew if she would just smile a little bit more. Her tip could triple. <laughs> Dry people have different attitudes towards life. If my hairdresser only knew if she wouldn't just pull on my hair so much and tell me about all her dry problems in her life, I'd probably come back. I don't like hanging out with dry people. No one likes dry people. Some of us are married to dry people. That's another story for another day. Because we become dry. And dry people, they, they pretend they don't care about anything. They think they don't, they don't care what anyone thinks about me. And they're going to continue doing what they're doing. And they call it keeping it real. I'm just going to keep being me. I call you're going to keep being dry. You're going to keep being broken. You're going to keep being lonely. And you're going to keep being depressed. And you're never going to succeed in life. So you continue being real then. And we can't blame the devils. 
as it is us most of the time who give them opportunity to come and rest. Dry people always want to blame everybody else and the world as to why they're dry. She did this, he did this, this happened to me, this happened to me when I was a kid, this, this, and that, and that. Naji. Our ego, our pride, an attitude that we refuse to change is what keeps you dry. You want to be right all the time, and you are, but you're dry. You're dry. Like a weed in my backyard, this unclean spirit takes root, and it becomes a part of me. And the longer I let it stay there, more roots and more roots and more roots. Now I'm known as the negative person. You, you, ever, you know anyone who's known as a negative person? Don't look at nobody. Or you know when that person comes around, they're just a party pooper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it becomes you. That's how, devil, that's how devils work. You know, it's one thing to be dry. But it is hard being a Christian while being dry. A dry heart, whether Christian or unchristian, can only produce weeds. I was having a conversation a few weeks back. You guys might remember this. Uh, we were with a group of people, and um, the conversation turned to, why do kids who were raised in church, gone to church schools, struggle with showing Jesus? One person spoke up and said, it's because the school never showed them how to show Jesus. My stomach turned a bit as I sat across the room listening to this. Not so much because she said it, but because what she was saying was an echo of what we teach people. Thinking that showing Jesus is something we must teach people. That there is a method, a, a formula, one plus one and bam, you're showing Jesus. We've come up with all sorts of ways to show Jesus. Giving up water, holding a sign that says free hugs. Between you and me, I personally think the free hugs thing is the silliest thing we've come up with as Christians. In fact, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I was in New York Times Square. Y'all been to New York? I was in New York Times Square. Thousands of people amongst the crowds. Mercy. Amongst the crowds, there was, I saw a sign in the distance as I was walking towards the tower. And it said, Free hugs, Jesus loves you. Huh, I said, Jesus is in this place considering there was women with no shirts on and painted on bathing suits, and that kind of got my attention, you know what I'm saying? And there was, you know, all these Spider-Man people, but amongst it, there was a sign, this guy's holding the sign, I couldn't see him, but I saw a sign, it said, Jesus loves you, free hugs. Mercy. I blame Elliot. As I got closer to this man, 
that was holding the sign, I saw in his face and in his demeanor that I don't think he wanted to hug anybody. His face was like this. And I was shocked that here's a man saying, free hugs, Jesus loves you, but he was standing like this. No wonder nobody paid attention. Every, his face was stone cold. His body was cold. Everything about him said dry. But somebody somewhere told him, if you want to show Jesus, here's a sign. I find it interesting nobody needs to teach anybody to, to how to show happiness. If I gave you a free car, you would be so excited. You would, you would show it to your friend. Maybe you'd put a picture on Facebook. You'd even drive across town to show your girl. But I would not have to teach you how to show your excitement. How to show what your experience was. Restaurants, when you have a good experience at a restaurant, the restaurant doesn't teach you how to put a review out there. You do it based on your experience, and you're going to tell your friend, and you're going to tell your next friend. Anger. You don't got to teach someone how to show anger. When you're angry, it becomes a party. You just show it, and it encompasses every area of your life. Out of your heart, it all comes out. No one has to teach you nothing. But when it comes to gratitude, showing our appreciation to our relationship with Jesus, we have a problem there. We don't got a problem posting the pictures of our significant other and saying good things about them. But when it comes to Jesus, we think that someone needs to teach us, so we think. They don't know how to show Jesus because they don't have Jesus, is what I said. The reason you can be in church your whole life and not know how to show Jesus isn't because someone didn't teach them it's because they didn't have him in his heart. They are dry, preoccupied with other things. To know somebody and to have someone in your life is two very different things. Some of you guys will know me after this, but you don't have me. They don't have Jesus. They haven't planted him in their heart. They haven't built a well for the Holy Spirit to dwell and in John chapter 7, verse 37, it says that on the last day, the great day of the feast, on the last day, the greatest day, once all, once all the sacrifices were done, all the wine was drunk, all the food was eaten, all the textbooks were taught, on the last day, after you graduated, after you had it all together and, and you thought you had enough to go on, after you watched all that season on Netflix, after you watched all those movies, after you slept with all those people, after you got in shape and got a six-pack, after you bought a house and bought a Mercedes, Jesus stands up and says, if anyone thirsts still, if anyone is still thirsty after all of that, after you got what you wanted, if anyone is still thirsty, let them come to me and drink. If anyone here is still dry, if anyone here is still dry after days, after years of doing your own thing, if anyone thirsts, if anyone wants me, come and get me.
I'm standing right here, come and drink, Jesus says. 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his what? A little louder, out of his what? Will flow what? Of living water. If anyone thirsts, if all that stuff didn't, if she didn't work out for you or he didn't work out for you or those people didn't work out for you and those shows ain't working out for you and the movies ain't working out for you and the makeup's not working out for you and if this church thing's not working for you because you just go to go to show off your outfit or because of a boy or whatever, if any of that isn't, isn't filling you up, if anyone here is still thirsty after all that, come here and drink. And if you believe in me, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. Do you know what the answer to dry places is? Do you know what you need in a dry place to bring life back to it? Anybody know? You need water. Jesus, you need water. You can't survive without water. The water here symbolizes the Holy Spirit. You can't be a Christian without it. If you accept Jesus in your heart and you take him, and if you ask Jesus into that area, you're dry, and you hold him there, and you build a well there, with Jesus comes water, and where there is water, there is life. If you don't got Jesus, you don't got life. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Get a life. Look to your neighbor and say, get in life. Get Jesus. You got to get Jesus and no more dry places. No more dry places, man. No more dry places. No more dry places. Say it with me. No more dry places. No more dry places. In 2019, no more dry places. Why? Because I'm going to let Jesus into my heart and have him there. I know about him already. You already know. There's nothing I can stand here and teach you about Jesus that you don't know. I'm going to have him. I'm going to have them. And, 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 and rivers will flow out of you. Healing will come to your land, to your relationships, to your bitterness, to your depression. I have seen water flow. When the ocean decides to do something, there's nothing no man can do to stop that thing. We've tried. We've tried. As humans, we've tried to build barriers. We tell people, get out the way. The water's about to do something, man. Move. Water, water, it can get through anything. Anyone ever hear at a leak in the roof? And you see the tiny little hole and you wonder, that thing is causing all these problems. Water has a way to get through anything. It can maneuver through anything. It finds its way around anything. So it will be with you. So it will be with you. Your life will be drastically changed. 
People will know something is different about you. At least if you hold a sign that says free hugs, you at least have a smile on your face. Rivers will be flowing out of you. You won't be able to contain it. Everything in your life will get wet and begin to have life and life more abundantly. All because you made a decision to accept God into your dry heart in 2019. Wet. Go like that to your neighbor. Wet. You're going to wet the situations in your life. Your marriage won't be the same because it's going to be wet. Your work's not going to be the same. It's going to be wet. Where Jesus goes, things get wet, man. The Holy Spirit just soaks everything. I want to invite you to stand. Just the presence of God is here. I'm going to close. How many people here are hearing God this morning? Just how many people here feel God speaking to them? Just put your hand up if you feel God speaking to you. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Harrison was a prime example of someone raised in the church his whole life, yet never had Jesus. He doesn't know I'm sharing this. He knew about Jesus, but he never had Jesus. And I met him at university, and one reason we even started talking was because I had to break into his car. And one thing we had in common is we were both friends with Christy. So every time I'd see him in the hall, I would, I would invite him to this prayer room I would have. And he told me months later that he thought praying at noon was the silliest thing in the world. And then I would also invite him to 7 a.m. devotion, which he told me months later he thought was even sillier. But one day he came. One day the brother came. I don't know what God did in his life. I don't know uh, uh, what God spoke to him on that day, but he came. And uh, he came back again. And he came back again. And he came back again. He told me he was angry and bitter about a lot of things. But he came back and slowly but surely, just sip after sip, you know? Just sip after sip. Areas in his life started getting wet. You know? And he even started attending a Bible study I had in the evening. So one day we were all in the dorm and I had a Bible study, about 20 of us in a small room. And I said, man, we got, I was speaking about the flesh, I said, we got to get rid of the stuff in our life that's making us dry. Harrison stood up in a group of 20 people. He says, let's go to my room. We're like, what? He says, I'm going to rip a poster down. So all 20 of us stood up and we cheered him down the hall, man. It was just one of the most exciting times in my life. We were just cheering him. And then we got to the room and we cheered even louder as he, as he ripped a poster in half of a half-naked woman. We were like, yeah. When you experience Jesus, when you have Jesus, no one has to tell you how to react the well overflows. In a moment of conviction, he said, I'm going to do this, and he did it. 
And as he began opening his heart and having Jesus, rivers started to flow out of his life. His relationship was never the same. His brother got to know Jesus because Harrison had Jesus. And his family was never the same. And everyone in this room is currently sitting in a river that is flowing out of Harrison's heart. Everybody in this room. Kingdom Church is a result of water Harrison drank his freshman year of university. You'd be amazed at what Jesus will do in your life in that part of your life. You'll be amazed. This is a result of it. There are people here who had a dry 2018. May 2019 not be the same. So the, to the people that walked into this door dry and God spoke to you about your dry places, anger, bitterness, anxiety, depression, grudges, whatever it may be. So to the people that need Jesus in that dry place, Jesus screamed, if you're thirsty, come. So I want to invite those people forward because I'm going to pray for you. Don't be ashamed of your dry place. I have one and I'll meet you here. I want to invite those people forward. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this message. We hope that encouraged and inspired you. Hey, here at Kingdom Church, we're believing in 2019 the best is yet to come. If you want to know more about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything you need and more. We hope that you're able to check us out in person. Take care. We'll see you soon.